0: Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all.
1: Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers, I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Matty D. And apparently a centaur can drive a car if you take the
0: seats out. Really? Really? Yes, that's right. That is a fact. That is science. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler.
1: It certainly is because typically what we do on this show is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming Hollywood blockbuster and then we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible before the movie comes out. And then when the movie comes out, we go and see how close we were to the actual plot. That's right. And that's exactly what we're doing this week because we're going back and seeing how close we got to predicting the plot of... Pixar's Onward, or was it Disney's Onward? Was it Disney or Pixar? I can't it, remember.
0: Well, it's on Disney+. Plus.
1: Yeah, so. but so are all of the Pixar movies, so that doesn't <laughs> I think help it's,
0: us. No, it is Pixar. It is Pixar, because I remember seeing The Lamp.
1: Oh, you saw The Lamp? Then that confirms it, then. Yeah. <laughs> saved saved by Matty D. <laughs> I look out for these details. But before we get into seeing how well we did with Onward, if you want to put one of our previous predictions to the test, you currently can, because in cinemas right now, if you're keen for the Halloween season... Halloween Kills is currently in cinemas, and we only talked about that last week. Yeah, that's that one's
0: exciting. I'm actually looking forward to if that movie's going to be any good, and also if we're... Because we had pretty similar plots for that, so... That's right. Uh, relatively speaking. So I'm really excited to see if we got close to that or called it, because I think we did.
1: Yeah, and you and I were both pretty big fans of 2018's Halloween as well, so I guess I'm more so excited just to get more of that. Yeah, Hopefully, they can deliver. Fingers crossed they can deliver. Fingers I'm,
0: crossed. I, uh, I really hope it's good.
1: Yeah, I'm not too hopeful, to be honest. I've read the reviews, so I'm going to go let's in with though. somewhat low expectations like I did with 2018's one. So, eh, yeah, we'll see. We can go see it right now, so, you know, why not? We can watch it right now free on Peacock if you can get access <laughs> to that service. Oh, let's
0: go get up. Let's go get Peacock.
1: <laughs> An hour and a half movie will turn into a two hour movie with all the ads <laughs> that they insert in. <laughs> Maybe don't watch it on Peacock. Support your local cinema instead, because I think now we can actually go back to cinemas. Can we? Yeah, Maddie D and I were in lockdown for months and months and months, and we couldn't actually go to the cinemas at all. But as of this recording, we've been able to go back to cinemas for a whole week.
0: Yes, very exciting. And you might hear in the future some audio differences.
1: Yes. (laughs) Maddie D hasn't been able to record in the studio for the last couple of months as well, so we've had to have him on the phone. We've patched him in through the phone for the last couple of episodes, if it wasn't already pretty obvious.
0: Yes, yes, we're, we're responsible here. We're recording from our individual quarantine bubbles.
1: That's right, so safety is our first priority on this show, mm-hmm. <laughs> even if nothing else is. Nothing <laughs> else is a priority, but safety certainly is one. Anyway, speaking yeah. of the cinemas, onward. Onward. I didn't actually get to see this in cinemas because when it came out last time, we were also in lockdown. So I think I watched it on Disney Plus. But Maddie D, how much do you think Onward made in the worldwide box office? Uh, No cheating. No cheating. No cheating. I hope (laughs) you haven't already cheated.
0: Even if I'm looking at the number (laughs) 141.9 (laughs)
1: billion dollars, it's not fun if you cheat. (laughs) You you should specifically not look at it so we can play this little game.
0: All right. Well, okay. I'll pretend like I don't know that fact, and I would have probably guessed um, $141.9 <laughs>
1: sure. dollars. Sure, because you've been so accurate in the past with all your guesses.
0: <laughs> Look, I thought I would have thought this movie did well. That's that would have been my guess. Um, yeah. Kids movie, a lot of kids would have gone and seen it, I and it's, you know, Disney, it's Pixar, I think it would have made some bang.
1: Well, you may think that $141.9 million is a, you know, pretty decent payday, but the movie actually cost, it had a budget of $200 million. Oof.
0: Oof. Really?
1: <laughs> yes. So, so, this was
0: not a success.
1: No, it was not a success at all, unfortunately, but they've chalked that failure up to COVID, of course, because they couldn't release this in cinemas at all. Yeah, that oh. would have hurt this movie. Actually, no, it did come out in cinemas initially, but then, yeah, they closed cinemas pretty quickly. It came out around the same time as Bloodshot, so...
0: Right. And, of course, that is a movie that was affected by COVID.
1: Of course, yeah. Now, interestingly enough, I think, you know, I look at a figure like $141.9 now and I go, for COVID, that's pretty good. And Mm. if you ask Disney today, they would say, oh, that's a massive success given COVID. But... They seem to talk out of both sides of their mouths when it comes to their box offices because when Shang-Chi came out, I think it made like $70 million opening weekend and they were like, that's a massive success. And then Black Widow came out and it made $70 million opening weekend and like, oh, that's a failure, that's a disappointment. So, I'm like, well, what is it then, Disney?
0: Yeah, I, I don't know what they consider like good or bad. I think they spin it, you know. Yeah, of course. Whatever Whatever is appropriate at the time.
1: Well, I think their whole calling Black Widow a disappointment may have had to do with the, the lawsuit that came out of it as well. Mm. They might yeah. want to disassociate themselves with Black Widow and its star after, you know, Scarlett Johansson sued Disney for, you know, not telling her that they were going to put Black Widow on Disney Plus Premier Access or whatever it is.
0: I'm sorry, she just fought for what she was owed.
1: Yeah, that's right. Disney can spare it. Yeah, and Disney spun it as though, like, Scarlett Johansson cares more about money than she does people's lives. <laughs> That was their whole angle.
0: That's so terrible. She yeah. should have done it for free, Kieran. Yeah, she it's should have. It's good exposure for Scarlett Johansson.
1: Yeah, she should have done it for yeah, for fame. <laughs> they pay her in fame. Like, she's not famous already and, you know, a highly Why? acclaimed actress.
0: Why didn't she think of the fans before yeah. her paycheck? Yep.
1: Yeah. Greedy. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Anyway, let's get back to Onward. So, did you hear, Matty D, that Onward was actually banned in four countries around the world for having a line of dialogue that suggested that a character in the movie was a lesbian?
0: Hold on. There's a character that suggested to be a lesbian?
1: Yeah, that's right. I didn't actually pick it up the first time I watched the movie, but the second time I watched it, I noticed it, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. If you remember when Ian and Barley are pulled over by the fawn cop and the cyclops cop, And Mm -hmm. I think they use a spell to disguise Ian and Barley, for that matter, as, like, Colt Bronco, the centaur cop.
0: A scene that neither of us predicted would be in the movie, by the way.
1: No, well, not really. Uh, Well, you kind of did. We'll get into it. But during that scene, the Cyclops cop actually says, oh, my girlfriend, she's raising a daughter and, you know, she's a real handful as well.
0: I just assumed that meant, like, her friend.
1: No, they were suggesting that, you know, they were- were Is this- Disney's
0: first openly gay character? No,
1: technically not, because this is the same kind of openly gay, hand-wavy character that they had in Avengers Endgame, where someone just casually mentions that they're gay in conversation.
0: That you can dub and subtitle over if need be.
1: Which is exactly what they did in other countries where it was objectionable. They actually changed it to partner in those other countries where it would have been considered. I think in China, they changed it to partner. In fact, a lot of sort of less progressive countries, to use that term to be controversial, uh, they changed it to partner rather than girlfriend.
0: Right. Even though partner can also mean. That's right. Marriage, partner. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, I think we should be celebrating the first openly
1: gay but it's character not. in the Onward universe. Okay, yeah. In the Onward universe, it is the first the on- openly gay character. The Onward cinematic universe. Yeah. Well, actually, next week, we're going to be talking about the first openly gay main character in a Marvel movie. So, huh. they might be turning things around finally. We've been giving Maybe. Disney- A lot of criticism over the years about, you know, sort of pussyfooting around the idea of actually having gay characters in the movie and sort of like really teasing it out and not really being that progressive about it. But, you know, (laughs) maybe next week everything will change.
0: Or this character will just talk about his partner all the time, his work partner.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I already have some strong theories. We'll talk about it next week. But no, let's stick to Onward. Now, something that we mentioned in the original episode that I found really amusing that I I would be remiss if I didn't bring it up now, is that we said a lot of the actors who appear in this movie are in Marvel movies. And we said, oh, except for Julia Louis-Dreyfus, she's not in Marvel movies. But right now, that seems so ridiculous because since this movie came out, she's been in so much Marvel stuff. (laughs) She's the one assembling the, like, the Dark Avengers currently in the MCU. So that just seems so silly listening back in retrospect. (laughs) We were young. We didn't know. We were naive. Well, she wasn't in the movies back then. Yeah, I know. How things change. All right, let's get straight into how well I did. Sorry. Let's get straight into how well we did.
0: <laughs> Why would you say you
1: <laughs> A little slip of the tongue there. Of
0: course, of course. Freudian slip there.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, before we get into that, Maddie D, would you care to explain the point system that we've worked out when grading these uh, these episodes?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, we go through each of our plots, what we tried to predict Uh, Would happen in the movie, but because, you know, it's just not enough just to recount what we said, we need to, you know, assign a score to it. So if Kieran gets something right that there was no promotional information, it wasn't in any trailer, he just plucked it out of his mind and it came on the screen just as he envisioned it, that is two points for him. If he calls something in the movie that appeared in the trailer, he was like, I saw this in the trailer, it fits in here, and it happened in the movie, that's one point. And if Kieran kind of gets close-ish to something that happens in the movie. It's not quite how it plays out, but he was kind of on the right track. We're nice here. I would give him half a point. Yeah, Counting all those points, we can match those up with each other and see who did better at predicting the movie.
1: Yep, and we're all fair and balanced here, I just want to say straight away. It's
0: a completely
1: flawless system that we've worked out, (laughs) and it only gives us accurate figures.
0: Absolutely soundproof.
1: I think this goes without saying, but before we get into how well we did in Onward, I just want to point out, if you haven't seen Onward yet and you're looking forward to, I think, you know, you've had plenty of opportunity. The movie's been out for a year now. But if you still haven't seen it and you're really keen to, I strongly suggest that you actually go and watch the movie first before listening to the rest of this episode. And on that same note, if you haven't listened to our original onward movie prediction, I'd recommend going back and listening to that first because we're not going to go over the plot of the actual movie beat by beat. We're only going to relate what happened in the movie compared to what we predicted would happen.
0: That's right. So, if you're angry that we don't talk about them floating on a giant Cheeto or cheese puff, that's because it's not something we predicted in the original episode.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So you're not going to get an accurate image of the movie just from our description alone. Well, well, maybe if you listen to what I predicted, but <laughs> fair warning up front, we are going to spoil a lot of major elements of the movie. So you've been warned, you've had your chance. Now let's get on with what I predicted.
0: Yes, because you went first for this movie. Yes, I did. And I'm giving you two points straight off the bat. You might say that this is pretty obvious, but, you know, there's nothing that indicates that this would be the case because when we're talking about, you know, the cast and talking about the movie as a concept, you said that it would have a heartbreaking ending. Mm. Two points.
1: There we go. Before
0: you even discuss your plot, you get two points.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, I I suppose, as you said, that is a little obvious because it's a Pixar movie. That seems to be all they do these days, just make (laughs) heart wrenching movies.
0: Yeah, I mean, but like nothing in the trailer and nothing in the promotional material indicates. That exactly. I mean, it's about a dead father, so yes, so you can put two and two together. But yes, I think that's worthy of two points.
1: And the movie's already tragic because you know they they had this like heartwarming idea of him coming back for a day, and then he's like almost nightmarishly just re- reduced to being a pair of legs for the whole movie. Oh my god! Which watching it a second time, I'm like, that's actually way more horrifying from his point of view than I actually I thought have- about before.
0: I had so many questions about that. Like, was, was the top of him, like, was it a portal or was it flat or...
1: I had no idea. I What's couldn't even work that out. One thing I had a little bit, like, one of the few gripes that I actually had with this movie was like, can he hear or not? Because, you know, he seems no, to be able to... Yeah, they established straight away that he can't hear. But then later in the movie, they play music and he starts dancing. And it's not like they started dancing first and he followed them. It's just the music started up and he started dancing on his own. How did he know the music was playing?
0: Kieran... Kieran, were you not paying attention? They said that in the movie. He felt the vibrations through his
1: feet. How? He was outside. It must have been really loud music. He felt the vibrations. They say that. Okay. That's how he knows. I suppose I'll have to go with that. And he seems to be able to find them. Like, when they're out in big open spaces, he seems to be able to find them on his own pretty easily. Mm,
0: Yeah. And if he touches their foot, you know, he knows which child it is, despite never meeting them.
1: Yeah, because Barley's got fat feet. And Ian's got skinny feet. It's pretty obvious. He's like, I had a
0: fat kid and a skinny kid. (laughs) Yeah. All righty. Well, let's go into what you actually said in your prediction. So, one point straight off the bat, you're right with the introduction of this movie. It opens up in a fantasy world in which Ian and Barley's father is narrating, giving us Mm. an explanation of what the world used to be. The world is magical, but now because of technology, it isn't. And it's revealed that the father's voice is coming from a cassette tape that Ian listens to. So well, one point because
1: it isn't actually coming from a cassette tape.
0: No, no, it isn't. So it's... it doesn't the narration doesn't come from a cassette tape, but that happens later on in the movie. So I give you a point for that because later on when Ian's down, he puts that cassette tape in and listens to his father speaking.
1: But the cassette tape that he has isn't his dad saying about, you know, talking about magic and, and the world. He's talking no. he's like saying just random shit.
0: Yeah, it's so like a one way yep, conversation.
1: Is. Yeah, that's right. Uh but the, the whole narration is actually from a letter that he wrote to Ian and Barley.
0: I didn't actually pick that up. There you go. Yeah,
1: it, it came along with the magic staff. They read it out.
0: Oh, yeah, it did too. It did too. But yeah, no, I'll give you a point because you pretty much nailed how the movie starts off down to the visuals and a point again, because even though it doesn't open with Ian listening to the cassette tape, that does happen later on.
1: So, yeah, I get you, know, you.
0: And we see both of those things kind of in the trailer and the promotional material. Yeah. So Ian Barley, got to say Barley instead of Bailey, keep slipping into that. And their mother, in your plot, live in a fantasy parody of suburbia called Mushroomton. New Mushroomton. One point. We do. Or they do. We see that. And we see gags of fantasy creatures in the place of mundane, everyday things, such as unicorns being raccoons. I give you another point because we do see that. And that's also in the trailer. Yep. Get used to the sentence in the trailer being said Uh, a lot.
1: Maybe just don't say it. I'll I'll just infer it from the single point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So we're introduced to the family. Bali arrives in a van. Two points because he does. That's our first introduction to Bali. He's obsessed with
1: seventies and eighties. Now, this is debatable. Seventies and eighties music is not obsessed with the concept of the seventies and (laughs) eighties. Yeah, I, I guess he is. I guess
0: he is listening to 70s and 80s songs. He's got posters of, of that kind of thing. So I guess you could yeah. say he is. But what he definitely is, is obsessed with magic and the olden times, because that's when magic ruled the world. And he thinks they're, they're cool. So yeah. that's what you said. That's what's in the movie. One point for that. In your plot, it's Ian's 16th birthday. Their father has left a spell, which lets him return for 24 hours. One point, because we say that in the trailer, it's pretty yeah. much the plot of the movie. In your plot, you said that only a licensed wizard can perform the spell. Mm. So, they'll have to hire them, you know, this licensed wizard. It's got to be hard. I think Kieran's magic is extinct in the actual movie and no one really practices it. Yeah, but- exactly. <laughs> in any case. Well,
1: in a loose way, I'm kind of right because magic is, you know, really only for specific people in this universe. But it's not like they have licensed wizards in the modern age in this, in this no. movie.
0: No. No, I guess what you thought was that it was a job there's a, a wizard that has a license so when uh when laurel opens that present and reads that there's a spell that the father left they were like oh okay we got to wait for this licensed wizard to be able to conduct this
1: yeah that was my thought not accurate mm-hmm. in the actual movie
0: not accurate there so the two brothers are upset they have to wait another day um in the real plot there are no such wizards they believe the magical stuff doesn't work and the reason that is is because barley who doesn't have the gift can't get it working yeah in a way you're kind of right because Ian is able to activate the staff. And if you say Ian's a licensed wizard-ish.
1: He's not really. He
0: does kind of activate it. So I'll give you half a point there because I feel like you're kind of on the right track. It needed a specific person to be able to activate it.
1: Mm, Okay, fair enough.
0: So in your plot, the staff doesn't come with a magical gem. It does in the movie. It's already there. sort of in somebody else's plot, by the way. Mm -hmm. But the instructions reveal in order to power the staff, They need this particular element, and Ian remembers, hey, our father left this heirloom that looks exactly like this crystal that they're showing in the instruction. So he runs down, he grabs that, he places it in the staff, and accidentally the staff starts to power up one point, because that does happen. Not the fact that the crystal, you know, is an heirloom, but the fact that Ian accidentally powers up the crystal. Wait, wait, wait,
1: hold on a tick, hold on a tick. So you're not counting the fact that I said that the father left them the crystal as being somewhat correct?
0: Oh, okay. I suppose so. I guess in a way, because in yeah, both yeah, circumstances, okay. father did leave them the crystal. Yes,
1: because right. in both circumstances, it was a case of the dad leaving the crystal behind for them to use. Mm. So what but if the I- crystal
0: was already in the staff?
1: No, it wasn't. It was packaged in the packaging. It wasn't in the staff. Oh, okay. Well.
0: But in your plot, he kind of left it, you know, downstairs somewhere in like a shrine. At least that's what I'm imagining.
1: Yeah. Well, I just presumed it was in a drawer somewhere, like covered with cobwebs, <laughs> and he left it behind for like no real reason. Okay. Will
0: you settle for half a point for that?
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Okay. I'll give you half a point for that. That's 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 fair. That's fair. Um. So as I was saying, the spell works only partially in your plot, and the father is brought back as a pair of pants, and we all laugh. One yeah. point, we, we knew this was happening. Of course. This is a result of the spell being interrupted by Barley trying to help. One point, that is the case. So the spell being half done and the brothers trying to do the spell together leads to the crystal breaking in your plot, as it does in the movie, Mm -hmm. making it a fetch quest from this point on. Points, 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 points. Sounds pretty familiar to the movie, right?
1: Yeah, certainly does.
0: They realize they have 24 hours to complete the spell. Barley, who knows a lot about adventuring, suggests they visit the Maniclaw, who can help them find another gem. Two points. What did you say there? What's that? What did you call it? The Maniclaw.
1: The, the Manticore? You mean the Manticore? <laughs> yeah, the Manticore. <laughs> the Manticore, as in like apple core.
0: Oh, is that what it is? I've never heard of this particular creature, ever. All right. Someone had to explain to me what it was. Okay. But yeah, you get two points for that. Well,
1: it's not real, so I don't really blame you.
0: <laughs> you get two points for them for Barley suggesting
1: to visit the Manticore. Sure. The Manticore. Even though it was in the trailer. Yeah, well, I figured I'd throw you a bone. Yeah, you you deserve to after getting the names that badly wrong.
0: (laughs) All right. So, they travel in Barley's van, and Ian builds a top half of their dad out of Barley's old clothes. One point, because we see that in the trailer. And this father, this construction they made, is used for wackiness throughout the plot. Boy, is it ever. Point for that. So, they arrive at the Manticore there. Outside, it looks like a medieval inn, but inside, it looks like a Chuck E. Cheese franchise. Points, Mm because that's how it is. Yep. Uh, Rather than a monster, her name is Corey, and she's an overworked staff member. And she tells the boys there's a gem that's located in an ancient castle, but first they need a map. During this explanation, she is interrupted by someone in a Manticore costume, a mascot, causing her to snap. All this stress is kind of just built up to her, and she has a massive rage, sets fire to the entire restaurant, and the brothers leave by the skin of their teeth. Just wanted to throw that out there. One point because the the restaurant does set a light.
1: Only a single yep. point for that. Yeah. Uh, you didn't predict we kinda, it. We
0: see that in the trailer. I watched the trailer again.
1: Yeah, yeah. I suppose that's true. But yeah, mm. okay. Fair enough.
0: <laughs> Look, it's not something that I picked up. So no. kudos to you. But we kind of see that in the yeah, trailer. Yeah, okay. So that's fair enough. That's fair enough. To break it down, I gave you a point for... Accurately calling what the establishment was like, yep. a point for the fact that she directs them, and a point for the fact that uh, she sets fire to the to the restaurant. Okay, so you got three points in total.
1: Yep, fair enough.
0: It's worth saying as well that in your plot, Corey doesn't have a map, and they have to find that later on. She says you need to find a map to the ancient castle. In mm-hmm. the actual movie, they steal the map from Corey's restaurant, and it's actually a mountain, not a not a castle that yeah, they have that's to right. go
1: to. Well, they don't actually get the map from Corey. The map actually burns up in the fire.
0: Yeah, but they get the uh, the colouring in stencil.
1: Yeah, which they- just tells them the location of the gem rather than being a map.
0: <laughs> yeah, very, very helpful. So before they leave Mushroomton, Barley's van breaks
1: down. It's New Mushroomton, by the way.
0: Oh, is it New Mushroomton? Yes. It's just like, oh, you know, short-
1: my favourite American short- city, uh, York.
0: <laughs> yeah, York. Must be an old Mushroomton somewhere, probably in Europe. Before they leave New Mushroomton, Barley's van breaks down and they attempt to use the staff to grow the gas, but Bali accidentally shrinks one point. That happens. We say that in the trailer. Mm-hmm. They go to a gas station, and this happens in the movie. And also, I just want to give you bonus points, because you're already calling the accurate like chronological order yeah. of how these events have taken place, so I'll give you a point. I
1: watched you're the actually- movie, and then I went back and listened to my plot, and I was just like, oh, my God, I even get the order of events correct. I couldn't believe
0: yes, it. Yes, you do. So Laurel, their mother, realizes the boys have left. She grabs the family sword which in the movie she finds later in the pawn shop, so you're not correct yeah. there. Yeah, and she right. heads to Corey's lair, which is on fire. Corey updates Laurel on what the brothers are up to, one point, because that does happen. But she's. Uh, but then Corey realizes that she never told them about the curse, one point. Laurel tells the police about this, and Corey and Laurel go after the boys. Now, this is all 100% correct, with the exception of uh, Laurel telling the police she kind of just kidnaps Corey, and
1: well, they go on their own little adventure. She does tell Colt Bronco, who is a member of the police, what is going on.
0: She yeah, you're right. You're right, actually. So, she does tell a, a police member. That happens later, though,
1: right? It happens throughout. So, as soon as she leaves home, she calls up Colt Bronco and says that they're missing. So he, heads, mm. so, he heads out to look for them.
0: Yeah. So, back to our brothers, Barley and Ian. They go to a gas station, which is being ransacked by fairy bikers, one point. Pixie In the bikers. movie, they're actually pixies, which yeah. is what I said. They pay for their gas. Their dad almost starts trouble with the pixies. They they think he's, he's giving them his death, staring them down and then bumping into them so one point that does happen in the movie and the dad ad- adds insult to injury by knocking over their bikes leading to them being chased by the biker pixies one point everything happens as you say the only difference is is that they don't get the roadmap at this gas station they already have it
1: yep you also forgot to point out that i said that barley's shrunk down through this entire sequence
0: oh yeah Bali is still shrunk down in this sequence I actually come back to that because okay. you say that because Bali is shrunk down so small, Ian is forced to drive and overcome his fears um, and he has to merge through all four lanes. One mm-hmm. point, this is all happening exactly as it does in the movie. Bali's spell wears off and he enlarges in the car. That's right. That yep. happens in the movie, leading them to drive off the guardrail off the no, road. Now, do they drive off the guardrail? No, they
1: don't. They, they do not. They almost do, but that doesn't mm. actually happen in the actual movie.
0: But pretty damn close, I would say. hmm Almost exactly as the movie went down. And not all of that was in the trailer either. No, no, it was not. I think there was a scene in which we see uh, Ian driving, but that was about that was about the extent of it. Yeah. So they managed to evade the Pixies. They're all safe, and now they're going to go on their quest to find the gem. Barley decides, or well, Barley wants to take the Path of Peril. There are two paths, the, the highway or the Path of Peril, which is yeah. the, the road that's not sort of mainstream.
1: It's a real hipster road.
0: <laughs> that's right. It was there before it was cool. Now, this is correct, but in your plot, the path of peril is shorter, and yeah. in the actual movie, it's just because Barley's an
1: idiot. Yeah, that's right. No, it ends up being the right way the whole time, because they were heading to the wrong location. So, they thought they needed to go to Raven's Point, which is a mountain, but in actuality, they needed to go where the raven was pointing, which was on the path to peril. So, Barley was right the whole time.
0: Yeah, Barley was right, but up until this point, they did not know that, that's and he right. just wanted to go on a wacky adventure. For the sake of it.
1: Yeah. Well, he said his gut was leading in that way and he always follows his gut.
0: Maybe he's a little magic as well. Maybe yeah. there's magic in him. Yeah, perhaps. So, anyway, they use a spell to walk across a canyon, much like Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. And the spell what? only works if Ian believes it does- Yep. Points, 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 right? Because <laughs> that does happen in the yeah.
1: movie. I had so much anxiety during that scene. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I'm afraid of heights. But yeah, when the rope oh, yeah. came undone when he was crossing that canyon and he didn't realize until the last second. The whole time I was like having a little panic attack.
0: <laughs> well, you can rest easy because Ian makes it across safely. Yeah,
1: barely. And he activates
0: yeah, true, true, barely. He, he almost falls, but he catches the ledge just in time. Yeah. And he gets on the other side and he activates the bridge, which is just what happens in the movie, two points there. Mm-hmm. Now, the only difference is in your plot, Barley still has the van and is able to drive across this bridge. Yep, that now, happens in, in the, the movie. In the movie, the van has been destroyed at this wrong.
1: point. That's wrong, Matty D. Is <laughs> it? Yes. The van, the van is quite clearly still in the movie at this point. Then is col- it? I thought, the, cause, well, I thought the van is destroyed. Okay. All right, explain this to me, Maddie D. So once they cross over, Colt Bronco then drives over the bridge and says, You're coming back with me and then they escape you're in what? Right. Thin air.
0: You're <laughs> right. My apologies. My apologies. They do have the van. So yeah, you're exactly right there. The interesting thing about that is I'm wondering if they needed to cross the bridge at all, because it kind of seemed like on the other side was where the Raven was. Wasn't Ian pointing in the other
1: direction? No, no, the Raven was on the other side of the chasm.
0: Phew, I thought they had to do that for like no reason. No, no. But in any case, you were right in that sequence of events. And another sequence of events you were right about was that they get caught up with the horse policeman.
1: Yep, Colt Bronco.
0: Now, neither of us thought that he would be the stepfather. No. He is in the
1: movie. No, there was no indication of that at all, and we just didn't think about it.
0: No, because we're so used to, like, single parents being single throughout the whole movie. Yeah, that's right. Now, you said, you know, the police officer catches them and says, look, let's go quietly. You know, it's, it's done. We're taking you home. And they say, "Okay, okay, but first, can we retrieve the tape we have of our father? And your Colt Bronco is, you know, a softie. And he goes, oh, okay, that's fine. But it's actually a trick. And they get in their van and they drive off. Yeah. In this part of the movie and in your plot, it becomes a chase sequence with the police trying to chase Barley and Ian Mm -hmm. and get this. They crash the van, two points, because they do. Now, in the actual movie, Bali deliberately crashes the van to create a boulder avalanche and block the police from getting them. That's right. the van is crashed as a a result of this chase sequence.
1: Yep. I just said that they crashed into a tree or something and they have to go on foot.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, at this point onwards, they're on foot for the rest of the journey and have evaded the police. So, they reach their destination, which is an ancient castle. In the movie, it's like a mountain. They go through like a cave and follow a river. Yeah, that's right close enough to which in the movie it leads them back to the school
1: yeah i just wanted to point out as well that the the tunnel that they go in is sort of like an underground dungeon so it's clearly some sort of like ancient structure yeah yeah because it has like traps and things yeah that's right
0: in your plot you say ian overcomes his fear of unicorns in this castle Mm. slash cave in the movie uh we're never shown him having a fear of specifically unicorns but there no. is a scene where it happens where he sees unicorns kind of feeding and they startle him and he you know keeps going but i think that's more ian just being brave and fearless yeah. rather than him specifically scared either way i give you points for that
1: well he's scared of fucking everything else so i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> <laughs> he's scared of unicorns as well he's scared of talking to his friends <laughs> <laughs> are these friends though i guess not so they finally arrive
0: at the point in which the gem is located. And they take the gem and release the curse, which you said releases a green mist. In the movie, it's a red mist. Yeah, but... <laughs> semantics. <laughs> semantics, eh? But how close is that anyway? Yeah. And oh, savor this, Kieran, because you said a dragon will form out of rubble. Mm-hmm. Well done. Now, in the trailer, we see them fighting something that looks like Rocky, we I think we see like a leg slam down. I watched the trailer yeah. again for this episode, oh, yeah. but, but you know, so, you know, if someone says Golem, you know, I think that's a pretty legitimate guess, but <laughs> all right, there's no indication it's a dragon, two points. You called that exactly right. Yep. The staff in your plot cannot defeat it. So they're like, oh no, we can't defeat this dragon. But suddenly Laurel swoops in with Corey, who's been following him the whole way there and they fight the dragon with Laurel's sword, two points.
1: Well, it's actually Corey's sword in the actual plot, but it is Laurie who's wielding it.
0: It's Laurie who wields it. That's the family sword in your plot. In the actual movie, it's Corey's sword that they find from a pawn shop.
1: That's right. The curse crusher.
0: That's right. So, in your plot, Ian sacrifices seeing his father by using the curse to banish the dragon and save everybody else. Mm -hmm. In the movie, this sacrifice happens, but it's so Barley can have one last time to see his father. Yep. And Ian distracts the dragon, so Ian goes distracts the dragon while Bali meets with his father and says goodbye. That's right. A sacrifice does happen, not quite as you predicted, but very close. Yeah. In your plot, they banish the dragon, they lose the chance to see their father. Everyone's sad, but then Ian realizes he has the magic inside him all along, and he doesn't need a gem or staff to Ew bring his cured. father back. Yeah. Now I'm giving you half a point here because he does discover that he can turn a splinter into a large staff That's and right. defeat the dragon. So in a sense, he realizes that he doesn't need the gem or the staff or anything else. He has everything within him, I guess physically, because he's got a splinter, right? Yeah. The whole time. So you get half a point for that.
1: Yeah. And they foreshadowed that whole splinter plot point so heavily throughout the movie. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. Like every time someone grabbed the stuff, they're like, Oh, a splinter. Yeah. So in, in
0: your plot, He uses the power within him to bring his father back. In the movie, it's used to defeat the dragon. But the father is brought back two points because, you know, we didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah, I suppose so. And as I said before, Ian doesn't get to have his dad moment. Something much more heartful happens. But, you know, he does bring his dad back. The dad disappears in your plot. So, essentially, he comes back, he wishes the boys well, he says he loves them, and then he disappears. Yeah. We all cry, according to you. Boy, do we.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep. We'll talk about it. And everyone
0: in your plot returns home. That deserves two sets of two points there. Now, he said, during the series of events, the rest of the world is inspired by this and starts to relearn magic. And include it with technology hand in hand. Two points because that does happen. We see that at the end of the movie. Bali has a new fan. Yes, he does. He built a new van and it has his brothers painted on it, him and Ian on it. At the end of the movie, they go off on another adventure together. Now, in your plot, you say that they go off to get fast food or something mundane like that. That's but right. in the actual movie, they go off on it. I can't remember what they said. I think they go on a trip or something like that. No,
1: they're going to the park.
0: That's it. That's it. So Either way.
1: You would say that they're going somewhere mundane, wouldn't you? <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, I give you two points for that because pretty much that's how the movie kind of wraps up. Yeah, that's right. You also said that Ian, who now in the movie is the most powerful being in the world. Pretty much is. Yeah, yeah. He wants to be a wizard when he grows up. This is not confirmed, but I assume this is the case, so I'll give you a point there. Mm -hmm. And with that, so you have 56 and a half points.
1: Not a bad effort, if I do say so myself.
0: I know there was a lot of one points there because a lot of what you said was in the trailer. Yes. But watching this movie and then listening to your prediction, I was completely in awe of how well you called this movie. Yeah. Um, pretty much beat for beat. There was a few times, I think, like once or twice where you didn't get specific
1: things correct. But Yeah, that's right.
0: pretty much what I just said and what was in the movie are identical. So I don't know if you're happy with 56 and a half, but I was impressed.
1: Yeah, well, I'm fairly happy with that. Now, in all fairness, though, in that original episode, I did say it looked like 80% of the movie was in the trailers, and it pretty much was.
0: Yeah. I don't think we can be too happy with this, because they kind of they they gave us a lot of information.
1: Yes, they did. There's so much of the movie this. in those trailers.
0: Yeah, so much of it.
1: But, you know, you can go wrong in interpreting it. You could have thought, you know, something completely different. You could have thought that there was a golem at the end of the movie instead of a dragon.
0: <laughs> well, come on. I mean... What is a golem except a giant stone
1: structure? A giant Jewish monster.
0: Doesn't, doesn't, you know, I didn't say it was the shape of a human.
1: (laughs) Traditionally, golems are a specific shape. They're a part of Jewish folklore. So if you look up what a traditional Jewish golem looks like, you may have a little bit of a chuckle. But in the like modern sense of the term... A golem can basically just be any sort of, like, giant rock monster.
0: How hilarious was that monster, by the way, with its face?
1: Yeah. So, in the actual movie, the school gets demolished and they have, like, their, their school, you know, sports team mascot is, like, a cute dragon. And then the actual dragon, you know, it's made up of the rubble of the school and it has, like, the the school mascot's face for its face. And I love when it gets pissed off and, like, these eyebrows form. <laughs> And make it angry eyes. Great moment. I actually laughed out loud at that. That was great. Both times I saw the movie as well. Me too, me too. Let's get straight into what you said in comparison to what I said. Oh, yeah, you know, we'll see. (laughs) So, you said that the movie would open with narration. You didn't actually specifically say it would be the father narrating. You thought it would just be some, you know, no-name narrator. Maybe it's Ian McShane or something like that. (laughs) I gave you a point for that because, yeah, the movie does start with narration, although it was in the trailer. And in the trailer, they do have a different narrator to the one that they actually have in the movie. So, you probably took it from that. Mm, I think so.
0: We, didn't, we also didn't see the father credited at this point as well, right? He had no actor assigned to him That's right. memory. That's
1: right. That's right. So, we didn't even know if he was actually going to appear in the movie at all, beyond you know yeah. possibly a tape. Now, <laughs> I'm sorry to say this, Matty D, but we're going to have to go into potential spoilers school territory here, because uh, mm. you said that the movie starts with a cold... Open. I knew you were going to say this. I knew you were going to get on my back about this. Matty D, would you care to explain to the listening audience what a cold open is? When a movie starts with a cold open, what, what would you describe that as? Sure. I mean, you can get bogged down
0: in the, in the specifics of things, but I like to think of a cold open as any time the movie opens up. <laughs>
1: That's not accurate at all. You get an F <laughs> in potential spoilers school, Matthew D. All
0: right. So a cold open, traditionally, if you want to be a stickler, means they open up with if you your want to act- be correct with action straight in. You don't get any flashback or any
1: sort of narration
0: <laughs> or anything like that that introduces you to the movie. You just jump in straight cold, I guess.
1: Cool. I sort of stepped on you a little bit there. But, yeah, basically what you said was when you're thrown into a movie with no information, there's no explanation of what's going on and you're just sort of left to work out what's going on as the movie progresses. Mm. And what's a flashback?
0: A flashback is where uh, we get like a little introduction of what happened before the movie that catches catches us up to speed on what's going on in the world.
1: Now, a movie doesn't necessarily have to open with a flashback. We can have a flashback at any point throughout the movie, but it's when the movie cuts back to a time which isn't when the movie is presently set. So, typically Mm. like another time period or could even be like a previous day we could flash back to a previous movie. Anytime that a movie jumps back to a setting which isn't the main setting of the movie, correct? That is correct. Now, you said that the movie would start with a cold open, and I said, well, hang on. What, what you're describing here is <laughs> like an ancient world way back in time that's not set in the, uh, you know, when the actual movie's set. And you said, well, it's not really a cold open, but we open up go. cold, meaning that we open up with no information. So, Maddie D. I meant
0: the climate is cold, like it's cold because they're outside at the start of the movie.
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, so this is a very long-winded way of me saying you get no points for that at all because it was a flashback that we opened up with and it doesn't open up cold either because we get a narration that explains everything.
0: I get no points because I pretty much described that opening of the movie besides what? the terminology.
1: Hold your centaurs because you then go on to say the narrator explains the origin of magic and the land and how over the time the world became more reliant on technology and that's where you get your point because Thank yeah, you. that's what happens in the movie and it was also in the trailer. I'm happy now. You said that the reason we're given as to why technology replaced magic is because magic is unreliable and people don't know how to wield it properly. I gave you a point and a half of that because in the actual movie, only gifted people can use magic. Uh, It's not really because magic is unreliable. It's just, you know, not enough people knew how to use magic. So, they didn't want to have to rely on wizards. So, they moved to technology.
0: Yeah. And it was harder to master, I think, as well as what they were. Yeah, that's right. Insinuating. Yes. and, And technology was instantaneous.
1: That's right. You said that we cut to present day, even though the movie didn't start with a flashback, apparently. <laughs> where Ian is listening to a cassette of his father while looking at a photo of his family. Now, yeah, that happens in the movie. I gave you a point for that, but we do sort of see that in the trailer as well. Mm, we do. You said that Barley bursts into Ian's bedroom and wishes him a happy birthday with a homemade cake. Gave you half a point <laughs> for that, because nothing like that really happens in the movie. No. But Barley does wish Ian a happy birthday over breakfast. This is something else we see in the trailer. And he wrestles him, I think, as well. Yeah. They had this running gag where any time that Ian would go to eat some food, somebody would, like, destroy it. So, he has, like, a bowl of cereal. That gets knocked on the floor. He makes some toast. That gets knocked on the floor. I think Barley actually eats the piece of toast. And it just keeps happening over and over again. He goes into you know, get, like, a, a pig in a blanket out of the fridge. And his mum, like, slaps his hand away. So, he has to go and get, like, fast food from, you know, a McDowell's or wherever the place is. <laughs>
0: McDowell's. Yeah, that's because uh, that's why he's the skinny brother.
1: Yes, he can't eat. You said that Barley will mention the time, causing Ian to realize that he's late for school. Now, (laughs) that doesn't actually happen. As I just mentioned, Ian actually has a whole heap of time before needing to go to school because we see him go to a fast food restaurant to have breakfast. He talks to like a random man that his dad went to college with. And he even sits outside of his school without even needing to hurry inside Writing up a list of, like, things he wants to do throughout the day.
0: Yeah, when does this school start? Like, when does classes start, like, Like at 11 o'clock? 12 p.m.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Want to go to that school. I guess it is a fantasy world, right? Yes. You said that we'll see Ian stumbling through the town on his way to school. We actually don't. We don't see this at all. Like, we just cut straight to him being at school. Mm, That's right. And then you said that we're introduced to the world as Ian runs around. I gave you half a point for that because we're actually introduced to the world after the flashback at the start of the movie.
0: Pretty much how you called it is how we're introduced to the world.
1: Yeah, more or less, but let's not get bogged into, you know, how well I did. We've done that already. (laughs) We've done that. You said that nothing interesting will happen at this point in the movie where we see that Ian works in a McDonald's style restaurant while he's at school (gasps) and has an interesting teacher. Now, in the actual movie, we're shown that Ian has no confidence and he's too scared to drive, which is actually important to the plot later on. So, I wouldn't say that nothing interesting happens at this point. No,
0: I, I think I was kind of saying that, um, you know, he has like an everyday life, like everything's pretty normal and it's kind of boring. Yeah. As opposed to the adventure he'll go on later.
1: Yeah, I, I get what not, you're thinking.
0: Yeah, I did not think that he would struggle telling the big troll to <laughs> take his feet off his
1: chair. Yeah, exactly. You said that Ian would return home in his wish to happy birthday by his mum, Laurel. I gave you a point because that's actually already happened in the movie. You said that after this, Ian would wish that his dad was still around, and Laurel produces a magic staff left to him by his father. Gave you a point for that as well, because we, you know, we knew that going in. You said that Barley would geek out about the staff, since a big part of his character will be loving magic. Boy, Mm -hmm. is it ever. Gave you a point for that. But that's all in the trailer as well. You said that the staff comes with instructions that reveal how they can bring their father back for 24 hours. Again, that was in the trailer. Single point there. And you thought that Laurel wouldn't believe that the spell is real, and it's just a nice sentiment left to them from their dad. I gave you half a point for that because she does believe the spell is real, but when it doesn't work for Barley, she says that, oh, maybe it was just a nice sentiment after all.
0: Kind of a cruel sentiment, really, if it didn't work.
1: Yeah, well, maybe she just thought it was impossible to wield magic at that point. Hmm. You said that Ian would listen to another tape titled Dad 2. Nope, there's only (laughs) one tape, unfortunately, because, you know, it's a pretty shit tape if you ask me. Dad Volume 2. Yeah. You thought that we'd never find out what happened to the father. Now, in the actual movie, we learn that he was terminally ill and was dying slowly, which was the reason why he could, you know, prepare all this stuff in the lead up. And I think Barley explains this to Ian as well.
0: Yeah, we don't get specifics as to what it is, but we we hear that he was hospitalised and he was all hooked up.
1: Yeah, that's right. And was slowly fading Mm. and like becoming skinnier and, you know, it was really sort of graphic heartbreaking imagery. Yeah, it was. And I thought it was funny as well because Chris Pratt actually voices Barley and his description of what happened with him and his dad was identical to what happened with him and his mum in Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) How crazy is that? (laughs) That is right. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like they stole it directly from that and they even had the same actor. (laughs) jesus that's like dialogue word for word you said that ian rests his hand on his staff while listening to his dad and it begins to react now you know dirty thoughts aside gave you a point <laughs> and a half for that because he starts reading the spell in the actual movie and the staff begins to react on its own so he grabs hold of it and then you said that barley would burst into the room and start freaking out it gave you a point because again we saw that in the trailer And here we go you said that the staff comes with a phoenix gem already i give you two points for that i hope you're happy because it wasn't in the staff, but it was packaged alongside it. So yeah, all that, that fussing and complaining that you made earlier on, it's paid off for you. That is all I wanted, Kieran. All I wanted. Well, we might as well go home early then.
0: Because <laughs> I remember in the episode, you thought that was a silly idea. Yes, I did. <laughs> and you said we didn't see it in the trailer as well, which I don't think we did. So
1: No, we don't. That's why I gave you two points. Thanks. You said that the father would slowly start to appear. Yep, we knew that already. And Barley gets excited and grabs onto the staff, causing the spell to suddenly stop. That's correct. We saw that in the trailer. And you said that Ian would have the magic gift, while Barley does not. That's entirely correct. I gave you two points for that. We didn't know that for sure going into the movie. Mm. And you said that this will cause conflict for Barley, since he has a passion for magic. Now, that's not actually true at all, because Barley is actually very supportive and excited for Ian having magical powers throughout the entire movie.
0: Yeah, there's no, like, jealousy or why wasn't I chosen or any of that.
1: No, exactly. So He gets
0: over it pretty quick.
1: Yeah, exactly. He's not really upset by it at all. If anything, he's happy. He's like, cool, yeah. my brother knows magic. Yeah, he's a great brother. You said that they decide to keep all of this a secret from their mother. I give you two points for that because they do. So when the dad is revealed to be a you know pair of legs, they're like, well, we can't tell mum. Let's go off and find the gem so we can bring him back fully as a surprise. You said that since the phoenix gem was destroyed during the spell, they need to set out and find another one. Gave you a point for that because, yep, that's fairly obvious. It's our fetch quest. And you said that they disguise the father and sneak out of the house. Another point there. Now, interestingly enough, you said that they leave their beds all padded up to look like they're <laughs> sleeping. In case Nazguls come. Yeah, they come in to stab their beds with swords. Now, I just want to point out as well that in the actual movie, Ian is 16 and Bali is, you know, probably in his early 20s, maybe late teens. So, I don't know why they would need to pretend like they're children and pad up their <laughs> beds to sneak out of their, <laughs> out of their house. Yeah, good point. Fair enough. So in the actual movie, they leave a note since, you know, they're adults, more or less. You said that Barley suggests that they visit Corey the Manticore, who used to go on a lot of brave quests. That's correct. I give you a point for that. And you said that Corey now busks tables at a fantasy-themed restaurant. I gave you a point for that because it's true. Yeah, well, it's kind of true. You mean bussing tables, not busking tables, bussing tables. (laughs) that's
0: what I meant, bussing tables. She's not like a musical act. Yeah, she's not
1: going around begging for loose change. Yeah, and technically I'm wrong as well because um, she owns this restaurant. Yeah, that's right. She brings out the food. I don't know if she's cooking it or not, but she brings out the food and gives it to the waiters to hand them out. I still gave you a point because it's close enough.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think we met the chef, right? The chef comes out. Yeah, you're right. That's true. Can't remember what the chef is. Is some mythological creature, but it doesn't. Yeah, gets in an argument with Corey.
1: That's a solid guess. You said that the two boys arrive at the restaurant and ask Corey for help, but Corey is reluctant. I gave you a point and a half of that because Corey does actually help them a lot, but she doesn't want to give them her map directly. Mm, and she doesn't want to send people out on dangerous quests anymore. She's kind of over that part of her life. That's right. You said that Corey would be very happy in her job and isn't pent up and mad. You said that someone might sit on her tail, causing her to breathe fire. Now, that is so wrong (laughs) that it's ridiculous. (laughs) I kept questioning you about it as well, but you were just very firm in your belief in that regard. Yeah, I wanted to double
0: down. (laughs) It's almost like I didn't want to be right. Exactly.
1: Exactly. You said that Barley decides that he wants to take the more dangerous path to peril rather than going the faster route, the expressway, and Ian disagrees with him. Gave you a point for that because that's in the trailer. You were closer than I was, actually. And you thought that they need petrol, so they stop at a gas station where they run into comedically tough pixie bikers. Give you a point for that as well. You thought that they'd get into an altercation with the pixies leading to a car chase. That's correct. Point for that in the trailer. And now you completely skip over, I just want to point out, you completely skip okay. over the whole fact that Barley has been shrunk down at this point as well. Did I even mention that he gets shrunk down? You did not down? mention it at all. Oh, I didn't mention it. Nope. Jeez.
0: Because it was prominent in the trailer. Yes, that's right. So, oh, damn it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so silly of you.
0: Well, I guess because you went first, I was like, everyone knows
1: what's going to happen here. So, <laughs> Yeah, but the point is that you get points for saying <laughs> things that are I in the need movie. to say it. Oh, well. Oh, dear. Oh, well. Oh, well. You said that after the chase Barley and Ian veer off the side of the road and journey through the countryside. I give you half a point for that because that kind of happens, but not really. If by veering off the road you mean that they take an exit ramp, they drive through smaller towns, they eventually drive off the road onto a dirt track, then yeah, that's veering off the road, I suppose.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I mean. I didn't I definitely didn't mean that they drive off the road in like, you know, break through the the, the side rail.
1: rail, yeah. No, of course not. You said that Laurel is worried when she finds that her boys are missing, so she heads out to track them down. (laughs) You said that she finds the bed full of pillows. I gave you a point for that because, yeah, that's the case. She finds the note in the actual movie. Mm -hmm. You said that Laurel will find Corey and inspires her to help Laurel find her children. Give you two points for that because that's absolutely correct. Now, you specifically said that the Manticore's Tavern will not burn down. Oh man So wrong there In the actual episode I was like "All right, that's fair enough You can lose points in the future (laughs) And there they go Look at them go Off out the window Did it burn fully down? Yes it did Damn You said that the rest of the movie Will be Barley and Ian Seeing wonderful and dangerous places And characters I give you half a point for that Because we see plenty of wonderful places But no real sort of interesting And dangerous characters Beyond the pixies Which you've already mentioned So no other sort of interesting characters Appear at all Unless you want to count The giant gelatinous cube
0: Well, yeah, well, I guess that's not, yeah, that's more of a trap though, isn't it, than anything else? Even though I have played against gelatinous cubes in Dungeons & Dragons and they're a lot more difficult to beat. Even though your your boy beat five of them, they're quite difficult to beat rather than in the movie. That was not totally accurate.
1: All right, so you're across gelatinous cubes, but you're not familiar with manticores at all? Nope. Okay, I find that very hard to believe. You said that Ian and Barley would be arrested by a group of police who just want to take them back home. I gave you a point for that because it sort of crops up in the trailer. You -hmm. said that the boys try and pass off the legs as their dad. Give you half a point for that because in the actual movie, they actually try and pass the legs off as Ian. (laughs) Oh, yeah, Ian, looking exactly how I remember him, a sack man. (laughs) Yeah, they do,
0: don't they? They, They do. Yeah, and that sequence where they cast a spell of disguise on themselves.
1: Yeah, that's right. You said that the boys would flee from the police and continue their quest, point there as well. You said that for the rest of the movie, they'll be pursued by the pixies, hmm, the police, and their mum. Now, I actually give you a point for that because they are being pursued by the police and their mum for most of the movie, but the pixies aren't really involved. No,
0: they get over it pretty quick.
1: Yeah. You said that the boys will discuss their childhood while sitting next to a campfire. Uh, I give you half a point for that because- (laughs) They discuss their childhood, but not next to a campfire because they don't have time to stop traveling throughout the movie.
0: Look, I just like my campfires, okay?
1: Yeah, that's a big trope of Matty D plots. He loves putting conversations next to campfires in his plots. Good character
0: building. Put a campfire there. Everyone loves that. And it happens a lot in these movies we cover, by the way. Yeah, just not this one. Not this one. By the way, back to the Pixies. I just remembered this. Did they die?
1: No, they did not die. It looked like they did. No, they come back with Laurel and Corey later on. Right,
0: because the scene where they hit the windscreen, I
1: was like, did they just die? No, it looked that way, but then they're shown to be fine later on. Yeah. Now, interestingly enough as well, you don't even mention that their van disappears. Don't I say that at all? No, you don't mention that at all. Oh, okay. (laughs) So, they just suddenly appear on foot in your movie. They were driving and then suddenly they're on foot. (laughs) It's like they they set their car on fire to act as the campfire. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You said that the boys arrive at the mountain and are shocked to discover that it's actually a tourist trap with a gift shop Like it's some kind of Monkey Island game joke (laughs) Good guess I think Didn't happen in the movie at all though No, did not You said that the two boys will have a falling out and they'll go their separate ways I give you two points for that because right at the end of the movie they do have a falling out and they go their separate ways You said that Bali would continue to try and find the gem on his own Two points there because he absolutely does And you said that Ian would surrender himself to the police and wants to go home. Now, that doesn't actually happen at all in the real movie. No, it doesn't. You said that Colt Bronco will feel for Ian and wants him to finish his quest. Nothing like that really happens in the movie. Yeah, not really, hey. You said that Ian and Barley meet back up, but before they can get to the gem, they are attacked by a stone stone. Gollum. I give you a point and a half for that, as close as you can possibly get to two points without actually getting two points, because it's a stone dragon in the actual movie, as we've already discussed. But yeah, close enough to being a golem. So I give you a- Who would have guessed it was a dragon? Yeah, who would have guessed? So I give you a point for the fact that, you know, something happens when they get the gem, and then half a point for the fact that it is a stone creature of some kind. Made up of school. Well, you didn't predict that. No. No. You said that they'll find this gem at the top of a mountain. In the actual movie, it's in a fountain. There you go. (laughs) Not really a mountain. You said that Ian will distract the golem while Barley kills it with a sword. I give you a point and a half of that as well because Ian does distract the dragon, but he also kills the dragon himself while Barley waits for the spell to finish. So, Barley isn't really involved in the battle at all. No, not really. Pretty much does nothing in that battle. No. You said that the two brothers will embrace, and this causes a wave of magic. Now, I like how you said that my, like, sentiment of, like, the magic being inside Ian the whole time was, like, gross and disgusting and, like, overly schmaltzy. But you're like, the two brothers' love for each other is what causes the spell to finish. (laughs) So, fuck you, Matty D. You get no points for that. (laughs) And you said that they'll bring back their father, creating a tear-jerking moment that causes everyone in the audience to cry. Two points there. And I knew a certain someone who said they wouldn't be crying at this point in the movie. All right. All right. Now, you actually get a bonus point because you said that I will cry in the movie. And I give you that bonus point because I cried constantly throughout the last 20 minutes of the movie both times I saw the fucking thing. (laughs) Look at your
0: little ice heart melting.
1: Yeah, exactly. This movie really got to me. Now, what's funny is the second time watching the movie, I got through almost the whole movie without, like, shedding a tear, and I was like, "Oh, I probably won't cry this time watching the movie. I don't know why I cried the first time. And then then that final 20 minutes rolls up, and I just became a blubbering mess. (laughs) Let's talk about it more later. Now, you said that everybody has a moment with the father before he disappears again. Give you half a point for that, because it's only Barley who has a moment with his father in the actual movie. And you said that the movie will end with Ian and Barley going on a new adventure, but you sort of insinuated that it would be another epic quest, which would lead into a sequel. So, I actually give you half a point for that, because, as we know, they're going out to the park. Yes. Now, finally, you said that a jazzy hip-hop song would play over the end credits. (laughs) Can you see why I thought that was a silly idea back in the original episode? Yeah. So, of course, that doesn't happen at all. We have some sort of, like, slow children are still wiping their nose and crying as they're walking out of the cinema sort of you know tragic song playing at the end so if you count up all your points that gives you a total of how well do you think you did
0: listening to that i did okay 30s or 40s
1: so you you cut out a lot of elements that were you know present in the movie you weren't quite beat for beat as i was but you got a very admirable 48.5 points it's pretty good i'm pretty happy with that yeah you should be this was actually one of our better predictions. Who would have thought it?
0: Yeah, I think we we pretty much called this movie between yeah. us, and I say between us mostly you. But like, <laughs> yeah, was still, that even, the, we even it this still, movie. I think. Yeah,
1: I agree. So before we wrap it up, I want to know what were your thoughts on the movie, Maddie D?
0: Oh, I was surprised with this movie, Karen. I did not expect much from it. I remember hearing about the premise and laughing and making fun of it and thinking it was going to be really stupid and thinking yeah. it was going to be another Pixar cash grab. I was really impressed with it visually, mm-hmm. and I thought it didn't um it didn't go as corny as I thought it would, and uh, I was very very emotional by the end of the movie. I think we both were, and I think maybe because we're you know I think we both we both have younger siblings, maybe that has yeah. something to do with it. But I don't know. It really it was really touching. I I liked it.
1: Yeah, I found that I could really relate because my dad was a pair of pants too. Yeah, me too. <laughs> no, but I mean, in all seriousness, everyone no. in
0: Australia's dad is right.
1: No, but in all seriousness. I found a lot of the themes that they explored to be very sort of like mature and adult and they weren't sort of like, you know, kitty sort of tear-jacking stuff like, oh no, uh, you know, someone might die or, oh no, I heart you 3000 or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> it was real sort of adult sort of fears and themes and stuff like that and it just really hit me in a way that I wasn't expecting it to. Now I won't say, you know, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen, I think the movie has a couple of flaws in it, but for the most part it's fairly solid. And the fact that it made me cry like a little baby for most of the final act is, you know, something that's very rare for me.
0: Yeah. And, I, like, watching the movie for the first time, you could kind of see the direction they were going in. So, yes. I, like, when I was watching the movie, I was like, yeah, it's going to be that he realizes Bali was his, the father figure he, you know, has been pursuing this whole time. Yeah, that's But right. when it happens, it's done so well.
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's the best part of the movie for me. Mm. When they have that whole reveal, oh, boy, I was done. I was done. Yeah. I was just like, oh boy. But you knew it was coming, but you still,
0: like it emotionally hit you still.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Just because they set it up so well. Mm. And you sort of forgive Ian being like a whiny bitch for most of the movie as well <laughs> when it sort of, he <laughs> overcomes it all by the end.
0: Yeah. No one is, is dislikable. Like I thought maybe Barley might be a little annoying and I don't think he, th- think he is and no. thought Ian might be a little bit nasty and he's not. So, they succeed with that.
1: Yeah. I forgot to give you a point as well for actually saying there'd be no villain in the movie. Oh, yeah. So, you might as well round it up to 49.5 because, yeah, the real villain of the movie is their own sort of, like, misgivings and shortcomings. Yeah. Which is an interesting thing. We don't see that in a lot of Pixar movies. Also, didn't
0: I say that um, Bali? Not that I am sort of pandering for more points, but didn't I say that Bali would be a screw-up and that would be a big part of his character, that he wrecks everything?
1: Yeah, he's not really portrayed to be a screw-up, though. People say that he is, but we don't really see evidence of that. It's kind of implied, right? What did he screw up in the movie? The spell to bring the dad back. Ah, oh, that's a good point. Still, I wouldn't de- I wouldn't declare one mistake as someone being a screw-up because otherwise you'd be Maddie's screw-up instead of <laughs> Maddie D. <laughs> Every episode. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, yeah, obviously we both really liked this movie. I want to hear if the audience out there really liked it as well or if you didn't like it, tell us why. You can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. You can leave us a comment on this episode's page on our Podbean site or you can find us on social media on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Let us know your thoughts.
0: That's right. That's right. If you haven't seen this movie, I mean, why would you be listening to this episode? Otherwise, go watch it on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. It's, it's free. I, I would
1: recommend it. And if you haven't seen the movie and you really want to and you've gotten this far in the episode, I think you've been robbed of an experience. So, I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yep, yeah, them's the breaks. You had your warning. You should have listened to them. So, before we wrap it up for another episode, let's talk about what we're going to be predicting the plot of next week. Maddie D, you're going to be excited for this one. Oh, and boy. I've already revealed what we're doing at the start of the episode, but I'm just going to make it super clear for everybody else. So next week, we're going back to the Marvel superhero well, when we explore what we think is going to happen in Eternals. Not the Eternals, but just Eternals. A big one. Uh, I I guess so. I don't know anybody who's excited for this movie beyond, you know, your average Marvel fan who just likes everything that comes out. Is anyone like has anyone been clamoring to see this franchise put to the big screen?
0: I don't think so, but I think people have been clamoring for a Marvel movie of this proportion to be released.
1: Proportion, what proportion? I don't know anything about it. <laughs> I've gotta say, as the non-superhero fan on this show, typically I don't look forward to superhero movies because I'm you know, they're not really my bag, but I've just gotta say right now, I am really, 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 <laughs> really, really, really not looking forward to talking about this movie i think it looks like complete shit if you ask me yeah you were a fan of the trailer though weren't you no that trailer (laughs) is fucking awful We'll talk all about it next week. When
0: it came out, he was so irate about it.
1: Yes. Oh, we'll talk all about it next week. And, you know, (laughs) maybe I'll turn around on the movie. Maybe, you know, exploring it with you next week will really turn it around for me because hopefully next week you'll be able to be here to talk about it in person. That's right. We get to be in the flesh. I get to see your beautiful face again. So exciting. It's a shame we couldn't be talking about a better movie But hey, who knows It could turn out to be an amazing movie I just, I don't want to be too much of a negative Nancy I'm sure a lot of people are really excited for this I don't want to, you know, dampen their parade So yeah, let's go in with an open mind And a fresh slate next week And until then Until then, we move onward
0: Oh, Ian, in the days of old, a boy of 16 would have his strength tested in the swamps of despair.
1: I'm not testing anything. Just let me go. Let him go.
0: Okay, I know you're stronger than that. There's a fucking pussy inside of you. You just have to let him out.